Good morning and welcome to the Lakers Lowdown. I'm Anthony Irwin. Today on the show, could Russell Westbrook be moved for an old friend? Somebody who also has Russell in his name? All right, I just want to start by saying that this is not based on any reporting or anything like that. Mark Stein kind of hinted at uh, D'Angelo Russell potentially getting moved this offseason. Um, we saw him kind of fall short in there in that playoff series against uh, against Memphis. Um, he is a flawed player who is owed quite a bit of money, 30, 31 mil uh, for next year, and then he becomes a free agent, which means that he's owed quite a bit of money, and he's going to be looking for quite a bit of money. Um, and, and you have one year basically to make that decision on him. Um, all this said, the Lakers are moving a distressed asset in Russell Westbrook, who is owed $47 million, which means the Minnesota Timberwolves would have to include another player on top of D'Angelo Russell. I've included Malik Beasley in this hypothetical trade, uh, just to make the math work. I don't think Minnesota takes this deal. I don't even think they take the call particularly seriously but it's a fun one there's nothing else going on let's have some fun so again d'angelo russell flawed player really bad defensively pretty slow-footed uh you know can can make some iffy decisions and that's putting it lightly on offense Russell also kind of flourishes with the ball in his hands. That's when he looks the most comfortable. And as we have found out with other point guards who you say that about, that doesn't always mix the best with LeBron James. Now that said, Russell is a more capable catch and shooting threat than uh, Dennis Schroeder, than obviously Russell Westbrook. Uh, So that makes the fit a little easier you're asking LeBron and AD to make a lot, uh, make up for a lot when Russell is out there defensively. It means that you have to have two other sturdy defenders out there to basically ensure that you only have one unpredictable defender out there at any given time with Russell uh, in the game. And you know, on the other side of things, look, it, uh, Russell doesn't make a ton of sense. Uh, Russell Westbrook, that is, doesn't make a ton of sense for Minnesota. Uh, other than this, so. Anthony Edwards is coming along, and he is not quite at that stage right now where you want him creating too much off of the dribble for other players. So that gives Russell Westbrook a little bit more freedom to go out there and create for himself. Carl Anthony Towns is the best shooting big in the sport right now, so he's going to give you uh, some of the spacing freedom for Russell Westbrook to work. Russ also would kind of step in and provide that kind of tone setting, uh, culture setting, I I don't know, those attributes to a team that kind of really needs them right now. Patrick Beverly provides that, but uh, Beverly is is pretty limited in his own right. We saw it down the stretches of those games where Minnesota was just desperate for any kind of creativity on the ball, and Patrick Beverly is just you know, quite the experience out there, quite the uh, adventure. Not saying that Russell Westbrook is perfect, but if you were to kind of stack the two rosters side by side, especially at the top of the roster, Minnesota makes a lot more sense for Russell Westbrook than the Lakers did last year. So uh, in in that regard, maybe just maybe basketball-wise, 
Minnesota squints long enough to convince themselves this this would be a smart move. Um, the other thing to keep in mind here is Minnesota's going to be undergoing a change in ownership, and that tends to throw off the math on these things. Under Glenn Taylor, the Minnesota Timberwolves did not do business with the Lakers. Flat out, end of sentence, right? Uh, I don't know if it was something that was held over from the, the Lakers obviously leaving Minneapolis, going to L.A., and taking their titles with them. Um, I'm not sure, you know, where that was coming from, but that was basically, I. <laughs> it was so clear as a quote-unquote unwritten rule of that organization that it made me wonder at some points if it was actually written down. Um, and, and, you know, maybe with a change in ownership, you start to see a shift in that, in that approach to it where the Timberwolves basically say, all right, we... We're a small market. We can't limit what we are capable of doing across the league. If we can take advantage of what appears to be kind of a an at times dumb organization in the Lakers, then it makes sense. It behooves us to try to take advantage of those of this Lakers organization right now. Um, and and look, is Minnesota at that stage where first rounders aren't? as important not quite right they aren't they aren't right now they aren't in win now mode they still have to see uh anthony edwards uh go undergo some growth uh, in in various facets of the game uh carl anthony towns has to kind of grow into being uh not soft by nba standards in in these big moments uh, they have a group of young role players who all have to grow into those types of situations. First rounders for this kind of Minnesota situation that you can maybe turn into a player who does put everybody in line with where they should be role-wise, uh, that's important. So if, if Minnesota can call up the Lakers and the Lakers offer either one or both of those first round picks that they're able to move this year. It's worth thinking about. I again, Russell Westbrook is the asset that the Lakers are trying to move right now. It's going to cost them something to give him up. It also is going to cost a, a team something to land D'Angelo Russell, um, even given all the flaws that I talked about. So if this is a trade that the Lakers are you know, if these are trade talks that the Lakers want to start, they probably have to get comfortable with the notion of moving both of their first rounders here in this deal. Uh, I, does that make me queasy? <laughs> Absolutely. It means that D'Angelo Russell, not only does he have to fit with LeBron and AD um, and mature in, in ways that make him more of a winning basketball player, but he also has to stay healthy, which he has had uh, some issues doing over the course of his career. So you add a third player here at a high salary, uh, who needs to stay healthy. And just like with Gordon Hayward, just like with Malcolm Brogdon, the Lakers might not be interested in this. There's also the organizational history between D'Angelo Russell and the Lakers, where things did not end on the best terms there uh, between player and franchise. That's also going to matter. Look, again, as I've said, this is not something I would predict happening or any of that. Um, here's why I desperately need this to happen. Russell Westbrook and Patrick Beverly on the same team at the same time is exactly what I need in my life, especially if it's not the team that I root for. 
Uh, <laughs> those two guys uh, clearly have beef. Uh, Russell Westbrook famously said that Patrick Beverly has tricked everybody into thinking he's a really good defender. He's just out there running around. Patrick Beverly uh, had had poked some fun at Russell Westbrook's expense this very year uh, as the Lakers were eliminated from a play-in contention. Uh, that you know clearly the 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 bad blood has continued there and i would enjoy watching that from afar i think it'd be really fun it also by the way might be one of those situations where both those guys are so competitive and they get on the same team and they both really kind of take off and and develop that, that kind of personality that frankly is lacking because of the lack of leadership that carl anthony towns uh, provides in that department so uh, maybe it goes incredibly well. Maybe it is a hilarious flameout. And in either case, especially the latter, uh, I would enjoy watching that. Uh, so look, I, D'Angelo Russell helps in some regards, hurts in some others. It allows you to move uh, Russell Westbrook's salary, and it brings you in two players who are a lot easier to move in D'Angelo Russell and in Malik Beasley here in, in this hypothetical that maybe allows gives you gives you more freedom at the trade deadline if you have to make a move. Um, it also just turns the page. It hits the reset button and it turns the page and and the Russell Westbrook era is over. Uh, and that honestly is the number one priority after the Lakers go out and hire a coach. Some news on that front. The Lakers have reportedly been granted permission to talk to Darvin Ham about their open uh, head coaching position. Uh, Darvin Ham is one of, if not the most kind of up-and-coming uh, assistants who is, frankly, overdue for a job. He has been all over the league in all kinds of uh, winning situations, played in the NBA at one point, um, just an incredibly well-respected guy who has been around enough winning situations to where you think that he has accumulated plenty of, of uh, you know, understanding of how to make this kind of stuff work. Now, do I think the Lakers can hire a first-time head coach for this position? I don't think so, I, but uh, it would be creative in ways that the Lakers have not shown creativity in years past. So uh, as, as things stand right now, because Quinn Snyder is not uh, obviously free to hit the is not on the coaching market right now, because Nick Nurse is also uh, <laughs> still employed. Darvin Ham is probably one of the top candidates that makes sense for the Lakers right now. Uh, that's going to change as different people become available and all of that. Um, this is just something to really keep an eye on as. Again, this is an incredibly well-respected guy who, frankly, should have been a head coach by now anyway. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of the Lakers Lowdown. Make sure you guys check out uh, yesterday's conversation with Michael Sykes uh, from For the Win about the Mambasita release and how disappointing that was and how it's just a continuation of a, frankly, broken shoe culture that... Um, I really miss back when shoes were accessible and a really cool part of the NBA's culture. That's really kind of shifted in years recently, and uh, he and I get to the bottom of, of when that shift occurred and whether we might see some kind of return back to the shoe culture that I remember growing up. Um, so check that out. 
the Taco Tuesday guys are going to break down um, some of the playoffs and and some of the other rumors that are encircling or that are kind of circling around the Lakers right now. And until all of that, and until I talk to you all tomorrow, I'm Anthony Irwin saying have a good one.